Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season 10, Episode 1. My name is Andy Bailey and this is... Andy Cockerill. And the thing that we're going to talk about this evening is... It's a movie and it's called Sorry to Bother You. Sorry to Bother You? Yes. Okay, and so uh, honestly never having heard um, that title before in my life, um, with no information whatsoever, uh, just based on the title... I'm going to give you a quick summary of uh, what that movie is. And I'm thinking it's a 1950s comedy. <laughs> How likely is it that I would talk about a 1950s comedy? Yeah, it's pretty likely. Um, okay. It's a 1950s comedy with Buster Keaton. Keaton wasn't really active in the 50s. Yeah, well, he came out of retirement in order to He came to out do, of retirement to do, do a talkie. Yeah. Uh, called I'm Sorry to Bother You. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> However. Have I surpassed myself? That does sound like an absolute train wreck of a film. I probably <laughs> would watch. doesn't sound like something I want to watch. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, can I have another guess? I mean, if you... Yeah, go on then. Yeah. I think sure. it's a horror film. It's not. <laughs> okay. That's all I got. Okay. That's all you got. Okay. So this... Welcome, by the way. Welcome to season 10. Oh, yeah. Season 10. New yeah. season. Slightly delayed new season. We should have done one when we had our summer break, but we didn't. Many things have stopped broadcasting by season 10. Many things yes. of much, much higher quality. Uh, let's try to think now. Um, I think our trick is like consistent quality. Yeah, I think that's what listener wants. I'd say season ten is the same quality as season one. <laughs> listener wants rambling talks, <laughs> tangential talks about media and tech. Actually, I would say the sound quality is a little bit better than season one, but like from season two onwards, it's pretty much this. Yeah, it's it's solid. Yeah, because I think we've been using the same microphone since season two. Yeah. Around um, about then, at least, yeah. I have definitely been using yeah. this one for a long time. And I've been I've been <clears throat> dropping, I mean, not the same pen, but pens of the same weight and, and materials. Throughout <laughs> On the, the whole, floor, whole time. as you're fiddling with stuff, yeah. 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 Okay. And I've still got the same not very good pop filter that I'm augmenting with various bits and pieces to make it work. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I just buy, Because I just don't want to buy another one. Right, right. No, that's it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Cool. <clears throat> Enough of this frivolous chat. Yeah. Good I don't want to celebrate pod. too much our, <clears throat> our 10 seasons of success. Well, I mean, I guess nine <laughs> seasons of success. We'll see about this one. So, Sorry to Bother You is a 2018, fairly new. It's one I've only just caught up with. Right. 2018. Um, American, this is a long list of things here, surrealist, <clears throat> urban, fantasy, Science fiction, black comedy film. <laughs> okay. Did you get all of those? I got them. You're going to need to unpack them. Okay, I will. As we go, as we go. Uh, written and directed by Boots Riley, okay. who I had to look up, is a musician, DJ, and film director. Hence the name. Hence the name. In his directorial debut. I mean, okay. this is quite some effort for a directorial debut. Okay. It stars Lakeith Stanfield, Tessa Thompson... Jermaine Fowler, Omari Hardwick, Terry Crews from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, who's who that? Who plays Terry? 
on Brooklyn right. Nine-Nine. Yeah, Terry loves Terry yogurt. Likes yogurt. Uh, yeah, Patton likes Oswalt, yogurt. David Cross, Danny Glover, the legend that is right. Danny Glover, uh, Stephen Yun from long time ago, uh, Walking Dead, but has, ah, yeah. is currently carving out a pretty successful movie career. Right. Uh, so, so he was in an Oscar-winning movie a couple of years ago, Minari. Okay. He's in Jordan Peele's latest Nope, and he's in this, so he's doing well. I've got some Jordan Peele's to catch up on because I haven't seen. You've seen Get Out, haven't you? I've seen Get Out, and I haven't seen the others. Us, us, and And Nope, which is the new one, which is out of the cinemas now. Yeah, Uh, I really liked Us. I thought it was great. Right, and Army Hammer. We did it on the pod, didn't we? We did. Sorry, was that the name of someone? Army Hammer. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So he is. Here in, you go, son. Um, is it a boy? His real name is Armand. I don't know okay. why he shortened it to that. It's here you go, son. Have have a good life. Your name have is a good life. Army Your name Hammer. is now Army Hammer. <laughs> yeah, not Arnie, Army. <laughs> okay. So the film follows a young black telemarketer played by Lakeith Stanfield. Uh huh who adopts a white accent to succeed at his job. Okay. Swept into a corporate conspiracy, he must choose between profit and joining his activist friends to organise labour. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this film movie is kind of set in a... It, no, it isn't kind of. It is set in an alternate reality to our own. Okay. What kind? But one that seems scarily familiar in okay. the way that things hang together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'll I'll unpack that as we go along. Um, it was released in 2018 by Annapurna Pictures. Received critical acclaim for its cast, concept, and soundtrack, as well as the screenplay and direction. So this was pretty successful critically. Okay, was it was it quite a small budget? A tiny, yeah, 3.2 million. That's uh, small. Had a box office of 18.2, which is a success. Mm-hmm. But not um, no one's heard of it. Like it's not that big. It, no, I mean it wasn't a massive film, but it did well enough, I yeah, think. Yeah. And I think considering how it looks, it's um, I there's no way I would have guessed that it cost that little in right. terms of money. Okay. Yeah. So Lakeith Stanfield plays Cassius Cash. His name is everyone calls him Cash. Mm-hmm. Green. He lives in his uncle Sergio, who's played by Terry Crews. Mm-hmm. Terry in his loves yogurt. Garage. Yes, Terry loves yogurt. Um, with his girlfriend, played by Tessa Thompson, who is called Detroit. Right. And she is an artist. She does performance art selling signs. She sort of twirls signs around and selling signage, basically, on the side of the street. Um, so, struggling to pay the rent. He doesn't have a job. He's got like a. He's he's borrowed his uncle's car, which is basically... At one point at the beginning of the film, um, his uncle says to him, I'm going to take that car back. And he says to him, it's a piece of junk. And he says, well, then I'll have it back then if you don't want it. And he's like, no, it's okay. I, I'll keep it, even though it's a piece of junk. <laughs> mm-hmm. He gets a job as a telemarketer for a company called Regal View. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's told when he gets there, for the interview, he sees a gold elevator, much like um, Donald Trump's right, gold right, elevator. Right. 
with people who were dressed up smartly waiting for this elevator to take them somewhere up, presumably. Okay. He's intrigued by this. She's starting to remind me of Get Out or, or yep. even Society. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, there's also a very strong... I uh, I got very strong vibes of Brazil from this okay. film. Okay, okay, okay. So well. tell me a bit more. Have we seen The Surreal World yet? It's coming. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. So he uh, he's told repeatedly by his manager, stick to the script. Mm-hmm. Don't divert from the script. Even if you're put under pressure, just stick to the script. And if mm-hmm. it's not going well, then you can hang up and you can move on to the next lead, basically. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He tries really hard, but everyone hangs up on him. Mm-hmm. Everybody hangs up on him. Mm-hmm. And the the cool thing about this is, is that instead of it being the camera being on him, being on the phone, and then it may be cutting to somebody like a potential customer on the other end of the phone, mm-hmm. it drops him into their home. So he's okay. right there with them okay, on his okay. headset. Okay. Um, so you can see what they're doing. You can see how they're responding to him, and they're in the same frame, which is... Mm-hmm. An interesting device that I've never mm-hmm. seen done before, but actually mm-hmm. works really well here. He really struggles to engage with people. Uh, they hang up within the first line, mm-hmm. basically. And his first line is always, sorry to bother you. Mm-hmm. Sorry to bother you. My name is blah, and I'm working for blah. Have you considered all this kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until Langston, who's played by Danny Glover, he pops up next to him. He's just in the cubicle next to him and says, mm-hmm. you're doing it all wrong. You want to use your white voice. And Cash is like, I've got, I've got a pretty white voice. He said, no, 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 this is a white voice. And then uh, somebody, I think it's David Cross, dubs Danny Glover <laughs> and does a white voice that sounds very East Coast <laughs> Ivy League style, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. posh kid white voice. Mm-hmm. And he's immediately, Cash is immediately like, wow, okay. <clears throat> I didn't know you could do that. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. You try it. Try it. So he gets a white voice, which is which is voiced by an actor called Patton Oswalt, who is a screenwriter and actor. Okay, so uh, it's not actually his voice, I see. It's not okay. actually his voice. No, it's okay. dubbed. That's another uh, surreal element, I guess. And uh, he immediately, immediately is incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. So that his uh, his bosses are saying, hey... You're doing really well. You get it to go upstairs. Mm-hmm. You might be the power caller, you know, keep at it kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. He um, he then convinces his uh, his girlfriend, who is also needing money, to go and work there part-time. Mm-hmm. But then Stephen Yun approaches him and says to him, look, we're going to start industrial action and we're going to form a union and start industrial action against Regal View. Okay, oh, okay, so it's... I, I didn't realise when you said before. Yeah, okay, so it's actually within the organisation. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. We're going to start, uh, and we need you, because mm-hmm. you're like, they really like you, mm-hmm. and we think that if you join us in the industrial action, then they'll listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the day that this this um, protest happens in the office, when they're all standing up and saying, we're not taking any more calls until we get paid-for breaks and paid-for lunch breaks and all this kind of thing... Mm-hmm. Um, the bosses approach Cash and say, we're promoting you. Right. Right now. You're going upstairs right now. Because they know that he could be trouble and that he mm-hmm. could join them on this thing. So they're like, we're promoting you right now. So uh, you start tomorrow, get yourself a suit, and you're going upstairs. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so uh, his girlfriend is then kind of impressed with this at first until she realizes that he is just incredibly uh, ambitious and greedy <laughs> and is just going to leave them all behind. Okay. He just doesn't really care about the industrial action anymore. He sees that he can make an awful lot of money out of this. Mm-hmm. But upstairs, there is uh, you know, lovely corporate office mm-hmm. and uh, all, the black <clears throat> all the black guys up there, or the, this particular guy who's like his manager, only speaks in his white voice to him. Right, right, right. And uh, he's encouraged to only speak in his white voice up there mm-hmm. to avoid mm-hmm. offending people, you know, this mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so this he does. He then realizes that the upstairs is owned by this uh, company... Uh, that is, um, what is it called? It's called Worry Free, mm-hmm. and it is essentially modern slavery. Right. So we see a couple of adverts for Worry Free on the television during mm-hmm. The, uh, mm-hmm. the the movie. This is like Brazil. And it then. shows, pardon. This is how it's like Brazil, maybe. Stuff yes. Like yes, it's surre- surreal but troubling kind mm-hmm. of thing in which we see what look very much like prisons. And there's a voiceover saying, these places are amazing. These people are working really hard for you. They're making stuff for you. Presumably either doing it for no money or mm-hmm. as basically slaves in prison. They've got beds, they've got food, but mm-hmm. they can't go anywhere and they've just got to make product. Mm-hmm. And the thing about that is, is that's happening right now mm-hmm. in American prisons. His prisoners are making product for corporations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this company is owned by Army Hammer, not right. Army, Army Hammer. <laughs> but that's and not his character name. That's <clears throat> his actual name. That's his actual name, yeah. His real name is Steve Lift, which is not at all an interesting name. Uh, what? Um, so hang on. Like his real no, no, the character's character name. name. Character name. It's Steve not as good Lift. as Army Hammer. No, 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 definitely okay. not, yeah. So uh, Cash realizes that's what the business upstairs is all about, right. is selling worry-free labor. Right, right, right. right. Um, <clears throat> so he gets a call with uh, what looks like um, the CEO of a company that makes iPhones. If it was in right. our world, that's who right. it would be. Right. And he says to him, we can undercut your labor force by this much. Mm-hmm. How about it? And the guy's like, hmm, yeah, that sounds really attractive, you know. So he, he lands some huge deals, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And using gets, his white voice. Using his white voice, yeah. He lands these huge deals. He becomes incredibly successful and managed to alienate pretty much everybody. He then spends the rest of the movie, uh, because he, he um, breaks the picket line outside the building, because uh-huh. they're picketing, and somebody throws a can of something at him a kind of fizzy drink, mm-hmm. which hits him on the head quite hard. And he spends right. the rest of the movie with a bandage around his head, which is very <laughs> Gilliam-esque, I yeah. think, is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he gets to meet S- Steve Lift, who um, is like an amalgam of various tech bro type right. entrepreneurs from Silicon mm-hmm. Valley. So... Mm-hmm. 
Um, we're talking a bit of Zuckerberg. We're talking a bit of maybe like Steve Jobs and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the Google folks. It's that kind of mm-hmm. uh, on a, on a tangential note. I was reminded as I was watching this of a tweet a long time ago that that somebody I used to well I used to follow because I deleted my account, but um, who posted. Hey, tech bros, how about doing something that doesn't undermine democracy for a change? Mm-hmm. Which is pretty much what what most of them are all about. How did can we follow, disrupt things? Did you follow the bloke from the UN trolling Elon Musk trying to get him to eliminate world <laughs> hunger? No, I didn't, no. There's, there's did just, he get anywhere with that? Well, so I don't know where it got to, but basically someone someone published an article saying... Sorry, listener, this is what it's like. It's what you get. Someone published yeah. an article saying, um, like, if you had five billion, you could eliminate world hunger. And then someone else sort of tweeted something skeptical about it, saying, you know, the budget for the World Food Programme last year was four billion, so why haven't you eliminated it? And then um, Elon Musk replied to that, saying, show me how you can do it, and I will pay up. Right. Wow. Okay. And then the bloke replied immediately, like presume. Well, I don't know if it was immediate, but like with a, he, when he replied, it was with a well prepared plan for like five billion dollars to not to eliminate world hunger, to be fair, but to prevent to alleviate prevent anyone starving this year. I think is basically what it what it amounted to. Right. Yeah. Um, that's all I've seen. I haven't seen whether Elon Musk has said. I mean, Fine, come on, let's do it. He's not going to do it. Well, I I would say he's less predictable than some other tech bros. I mean, when he's not, like, stoned out of his mind, he's trying to buy Twitter and stuff like that. <laughs> so. Yeah, but I could imagine him doing it. I mean, I think the thing is that he wants to solve the problem, right? So just preventing however many hundred thousand people starving wouldn't probably be enough for him. He'd want to be able to say no, no one else is ever going to starve or something like that, you know, like... I mean... He's had ample opportunity to do something like this for years and years. Yeah, but no one's trolled him correctly on Twitter, and now they have. (laughs) Okay, no one's goaded him enough to actually say, yeah, "Yeah, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's an exciting development. Like, maybe someone will will, will bite. Potentially. Sorry, continue. That's all right. No, it is interesting. I did bring bring up the whole tech bros being generally evil kind of thing. So this guy is like an amalgam of lots of people. Mm Mm-hmm. You recognise lots of traits in him. You know, mm-hmm, he's incredibly mm-hmm. narcissistic and mm-hmm. doesn't live in the real world at all. Um, he wears uh, like oh, like those short trousers where you can see someone's ankle, kind of thing. Right, right. But don't all wears, the young like, people wear those these days? Yeah, but I just think they look honestly. <laughs> I think at the point where the two middle-aged men start discussing. The fashion of the young people is probably time young to retire people. the podcast. We won't have their sort here. <laughs> so there's also in this um in this movie there's uh I told you about the adverts for um worry free. Yeah. But there's also regular adverts for a show called I Got the SH one T kicked out of me. Mm-hmm. Which is a kind of um a show that looks like it could have been popular in Japan at some point. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, in which someone just gets beaten up on mm-hmm. live on television, <laughs> and it's it's just it's not funny when you watch it. But thinking right. about it now, it's just utterly ridiculous. But right, yeah. you can see that kind of thing going down well. Yeah. 
in certain circles. This does. This is very much reminding me of Brazil and other kind of hyper real, definitely satirical thingies. But the weird, the weird thing that's happening is that Steve Lift finally reveals the. You know, not only does he own this company Worry Free, which is mm-hmm. extremely morally corrupt mm-hmm. and unpleasant, he's also been doing gene splicing, right, with uh, humans and horses, right. Uh, and Cash finds he discovers one of these, so he's he goes to see Lyft at his house. Mm-hmm. Oh no, he no, he's not in the house. He's in the office, um, and he goes mm-hmm. to see him. And he says, "I need the I need the bathroom." And and Lyft says to him, "Okay, go out there. It's the Jade Door, <laughs> the Jade Door." And he goes out there, and he mistakes a green door for the just a regular green door for the jade colored door, mm-hmm. and he goes through there. And there's like a, a bathroom in there with um, shower stalls and stuff like that. And he goes mm-hmm. in and he hears someone calling. And he's like, hello? Hello? And this person says, help me, help me. And then this um, this horse-man hybrid falls out of a toilet stall onto the floor. <laughs> and uh, he's just like, you know, utter, utterly crisis now. Like, what mm-hmm. the hell is going on here? And he goes out and this is says very to society. Lyft, very much like society, yeah. He says to Lyft, what, what did I just see? And he says, did you walk into the wrong green door? <laughs> you went into the other green door, didn't you? He says, yeah. He says, okay, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> I'm gene splicing humans with horses to make a really strong workforce mm-hmm. that will do what I say and they'll never get tired and they'll never need yeah. a break and all this yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this moment, Cash is just like, no. This is, this is not happening anymore. Oh, has he reached his limit? <laughs> he's reached his limit. Yeah. Okay. He's reached. Everyone's got one. Um. Uh. So, but worry-free stock has reached an all-time high. Mm-hmm. So cash quits and ends up back in the garage. Mm-hmm. Um. However, when he's back in the garage, he suddenly his face starts to hurt. And he realizes he's been hit with some kind of um, some with some kind of uh, serum that's turning him into a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and the final scene in the movie is him leading a mob of equisapiens uh-huh. to Steve Lift's house to um, break down the door and storm the place. Right. Um. So I didn't. The thing is with this movie is. I didn't know about any of that stuff. Right. I just thought I think I think the marketing for this was very clever mm-hmm. in that I thought that it was a social satire about mm-hmm. a black telemarketer putting on a white voice in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and all the stuff that comes along with that. And I didn't know about anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this really surprised me in, in the places that it went to. That's good. Um and That's I found nice. it to be hugely entertaining disturbing and thought-provoking yeah in a in a very cool way in a very allegorical way in the way that like i think there's a sci-fi fantasy that this is i think that it reveals itself to be i think that it's very good like get out yeah exactly like get out and like brazil and lots of things that make a point by this sort of hyper real yeah i I think brazil is a masterpiece it's just one of the i think um there's so many great performances in that, but I think one of the best is Michael Palin, 
who traditionally plays really nice people because he is a really nice man, <laughs> Michael Palin. But the character he plays in that is really disturbed and messed up. But he plays him as Michael Palin, <laughs> which makes it even more disturbing. It's so very clever I, casting. I think you've seen it because I think you told me about it. Have you seen Black Klansman? I love Black Klansman. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was just thinking yeah. about because of the putting on a voice thing. Um, yes, that's right. Because in Black Klansman, he pretends to be um, a member of the Ku Klux Klan. That's right. Uh, presumably, therefore, putting on a white voice, although it's maybe a different style of white voice. Well, no, he, he communicates that to the FBI guy. He says, look, uh, there are people who can do this voice, there are people who can do that voice. I can do them both. <laughs> so just let me try and do this. I lo- I really enjoyed Black Klansman. It was uh, super fun. Yeah, it is. And it's really good. A lot of serious point. So another film I've seen um, last year, I think. Yeah, last year with Lakeith Stanfield was um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, I saw. I've seen that name somewhere. Okay, so or maybe you told me about it. So that's a that is a a real life story about like um, during the Black Panther movement of the nineteen seventies. Uh-huh. Uh, one of uh, so there was a young black guy who got basically co-opted by the FBI mm-hmm. to give to get close to the leader of the Black Panthers and just right. get as much information as he could about them. That's that's really good. That's mm-hmm. very very strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, another yeah another strong performance by Lakeith Stanfield and a supporting performance by Daniel Kaluuya who was in Get Out. So he plays the right. leader of the Black Panthers. Right, 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 right. That's a good movie. Okay, so I need to formulate the question on this yes. movie. But the yes. problem is that, like, to some extent, I already know, I already think I know what it means. Um, so let me ask you: Did it? Did you feel like you were the main character and? were kind of suffering the moral conundrums or were you like looking on critically on the main character? So I, no, I didn't feel like the main character. I felt a sense of um, sympathy for the Mm -hmm. main character. Um, but I did, yeah, you do feel empathy for him, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even when he's being, like, greedy and losing his morals, his moral mm-hmm. compass, quite mm-hmm. quickly mm-hmm. in the face of massive amounts of money <laughs> coming his way. You feel empathy for him. It's like, okay, yeah, I can kind of understand why you might do that. Mm-hmm. Because these folks do seem to be quite righteous and have your back until they don't anymore. Mm-hmm. so uh i think yeah i think that it um one of its strengths is that its characters are really well written mm-hmm. really strong and really strong performances so you get drawn into it even the smaller characters like, like Stephen young's character called squeeze who is the union organizer mm-hmm. you are uh, you know you understand his motivation and mm-hmm. what he's doing he doesn't seem to have an agenda particularly other than trying to get better conditions for the people in the office. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Remind us of the title of the film. I'm sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Nice. I think that should go on my list. It sounds yeah, it should. perfect. 
Highly, highly recommended. I wish I actually had a list. Get one. If you don't have one, get one. Like Woody says in Toy Story, has everybody got a moving buddy? No. If you don't have one, get one. (laughs) (laughs) I love that bit. It's great, isn't it? I I mean, the whole thing is great. The affectionate look at people who are organising things and the way you end up talking. and Yeah, it's really nice. I think they're all genius films. I mean, even the fourth one, which is not as good as the first three, is still worth... I haven't seen three. You haven't seen three? Or four. Three is really good. If you can, you know, hold on to your emotions for three, though, it goes to some... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. But yeah, they're all genius. So, speaking of... um uh, empathy and whether you sympathise with the character or feel like it's you. Yes. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Breaking Bad. Oh, how far are you through? Do you know? I am. I'm. I'm at a part where some kind of alliance with Skylar is happening. Let me put it that way, which isn't too right. spoilerific, hopefully. Okay. No, I think I get that. Um and oh, the car wash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yes. that kind of at time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And. I have had to consciously, throughout my time of watching Breaking Bad, think to myself, you are not him. <laughs> he has made decisions you would not have made. Yeah. You do not have to, like, be on the edge of your seat for his welfare, like, type of thing, because... Because he's not a nice man. Because he, like, <laughs> the, like, because early on in the first series, you really, really feel for him. And I was, like, just so stressed out with all the awful stuff that was happening yeah really feeling it and i had to take a look at myself and say no like this is more like a comic book than a than you know a real life experience and you're taking it too seriously but then over the last couple of seasons he's done such awful things awful awful things yeah but i'm like okay i and and kind so, of displayed yeah. such character flaws that like he's like dug his own grave and so, but I still have to remind myself of that but yeah I'm really enjoying it so what's interesting about what you're saying there is that later on in the series not probably not very far ahead from where you are now that all comes to a head in exchange with his son and his estranged wife mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I won't spoil anything about that you'll know when you get there when that yeah, happens right, right, it's right. really good I think they've been so I've been watching it with half an eye to like are they just finding a way to continue this story? And so far, even though I feel like to some extent they have, like they've they've invented new things, each of them has been so new and different and believable mm. that I haven't felt like I'm just being strung along like lost or something like that. I've really Have you seen have you got to the bit where Jesse is working with Mike? Uh, uh no. No, okay. That's good. That's very okay. good. Okay. Yeah. He's a good character. I like, really like Mike. Yeah, <laughs> he's great. You can see, I feel like he came in as uh, like one five-minute part in one episode and then they were like, right, we'll have him back. I'm pretty sure that's what happened, yeah, because he's so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Breaking Bad, really good. Yep, BB. I know, like everyone else has seen it years ago. But... I didn't finish it that long ago, actually. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, so I've... I've, I've I've started and stopped it many times over the last few years, and I finally okay. sat down and, and finished the whole thing. 
so we finished the undeclared war. Oh, you did. Okay, yeah. We only got through, I think, two episodes, and then my wife felt like it was just manipulating her emotions, and I, I'm yeah. not motivated enough to listen to watch it on my own. I'm well, I'm too busy watching Breaking Bad. Fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, so it was. Yeah, yeah, so the penultimate episode is very strong. Right. The last one uh, finishes very abruptly. Okay. Which is strange. Is it they're looking for another series? or? Uh, yeah, maybe, but I can't really see how they could do it, really. Right. Right. It does seem to sort of finish, but... Okay. Um, yeah, good. I'd say good, not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my issues with it remain that... The ADR, like I said in the last pod, the ADR is strange in that some of the stuff <laughs> so is <funny>. too loud. <laughs> yes, but that's probably just me being picky. Um, we watched a couple of episodes of The Sandman. I've heard that's good. Which is, so the fact that we got onto a second episode of essentially a Marvel comic book thing shows you that it presumably has something to it. We yeah. won't be watching anymore. Um, it's just another comic book thing, so I, I'm not sure why we watched two episodes, but um, it was quite, I would say, visually arresting. It was definitely visually arresting, and I would say, generally not too annoying or silly. Okay, I mean it's Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman is pretty cool. It is. It is just like you know, some random fantasy story about people that don't exist. <laughs> Yes, and okay. a bloke with a with yeah. a husky voice. Right. The, episode one spends quite a lot of time looking at the near, almost naked body of the main character who plays the Sandman. Um, and he's he's very very thin and also muscular. Right. And, and so he looks like a, I don't know, like a spider or something. Like uh, that's quite creepy. They make him look pretty funny looking. But mm. um, yeah, respect him. I don't know if he lost the weight for the role or what, or if he just looks like he's that. in good shape. But he's he's very thin, like dangerously thin. Mm. Um, but also with with very wiry muscles, wiry muscles, and yeah. a funny looking back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so that was some either that's some good CGI or some some good method acting I mean you can get away with it you can do a lot with um, makeup and good lighting mm-hmm, to make mm-hmm. that kind of thing look mm-hmm. accentuate what it looks like mm-hmm. uh, or he's just really thin and ripped <laughs> yeah I mean it could be <laughs> yeah he's been eating a lot of eggs <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else we've been watching actually so we finished The Undeclared War like I said we've carried on watching a, a show called Conversations with Friends, which is which was on BBC Three, okay, uh, which is a I'd say glacially slow but very interesting <laughs> show about relationships. I guess okay, yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned it occasionally, toe curlingly, uh, em- like embarrassing kind of okay. thing. Uh, finished season ten of. Curb Your Enthusiasm, which was okay. excellent. So that, that season is all about a spite store. Have you heard of this notion of the spite store? No. So this is a thing in America where if, you, if you're like really rich, like Larry David is, and you get bad service in a store, you start another store next door and put them out of business. 
So he <laughs> in the first episode he gets a bad cup of coffee and he gets a a scone that he says is not a scone, it's like something else. It's like a muffin. <laughs> you know Kirby enthusiasm, he'll just argue that stuff forever. Yeah. So the guy in the coffee shop throws him out and he says, Right, I'm gonna start a spite store. So that's <laughs> that's the that's the overarching plot of season ten. Okay. As he starts a coffee shop next door. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But we it works. Watched, we watched um one or two episodes of Cleo K L E O. Okay. What's that on about? Netflix? Um German language nineteen eighties. Oh. East Berlin and West Berlin story. That sounds interesting. Um about a girl who is um, prepared to do anything, let's say, and is well, at some point is working for the East German security services. Then the wall comes down, and someone betrayed her, and we don't know what else, you know. But what were they called? I can't remember what they were called. The, East the Stasi. German. Stasi. That's right. Yeah, they um, made the KGB look moderate. Yes. <clears throat> Anyway, so she's very compelling. Um, it's pretty cool. Like, the 80s stuff is pretty cool. I'm, I'm a yeah. little bit sick of 80s nostalgia. Because <laughs> you lived through it, and you're like, it wasn't actually yeah. that cool. It was. I mean, yeah, when I see it, and it looks all depressing and drab and stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's what it's like. Yeah. It wasn't cool. Yeah. The cigarette smoke didn't move so slowly. <laughs> Everybody smoked. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it... Um, so uh, the nostalgia doesn't particularly grab me, but um, it's very well done and uh, it's very cool, I would say, and quite quite entertaining. Okay. So we might watch some more of that. We watched another um, Green Wing. Another what? Green Wing. I love Green Wing. So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I'm watching it with my daughter. I was so sad when they sometimes pretty Green embarrassing. Wing. I was just like, no, I want this show to go on forever. This is my show. <laughs> It's mine. It speaks to me. It's really good. Yeah, you're watching it with your with your daughter. Some of yeah. it's quite racy, isn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So we watched we watched the story the the episode where um, there's a uh, an art drawing class and Martin <laughs> is the, the naked model and uh, he is surprisingly well endowed and then right. the yeah. picture of him. <laughs> It, like, features prominently throughout the entire episode. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a little bit embarrassing watching it with my daughter. Yeah, I should say so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've got more Walking Dead coming up soon. Oh, when is that? Um, Things I'm really looking forward to. I mean, October. more Walking Dead, even though, like, it might be a bit disappointing... But also, what I'm looking forward to is the Brooklyn Nine-Nine that I missed when it flew by on Channel yes, 4. Yes, it'll be on Netflix soon. Yeah, I'm just hoping it will come on Netflix. Uh, and then I can series. watch it. Is this is it series 11 of The Walking Dead? Is this the last one? Uh, I think it is 11. Yeah. Yes, it is, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to see when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, ooh. Yeah, 2nd of October. Oh, it's close, it's close. Yes. Yes, indeed. And then, listener, that, oh, I dropped yeah. a pencil. Then, listener, you can uh, you can look forward to the um, final tranche, Walking Dead, oh. 
uh, analysis show from the Good oh, Robot yes. Andes. Absolutely. Let's have a look here. Yes, yeah, 2nd of October is the next episode. Nice. And there will be one, two, three, four, There's eight, five, right? six, eight episodes. Yeah. Now, I'm sure I read somewhere that like the final two are going to be longer. <gasps> yeah. More Walking Dead. Yeah, more Walking Dead, yeah. And then some and Greg Nicotero, who is the guy who's done, his company has done all of the VFX. Yeah. Is directing the final episode. Right, right, right. Well, he's the kind of spiritual inheritor of the original directors. Well, he worked He worked for a... His name's gone. He worked for the guy who did the effects for the George A. Romero zombie right. movies. Yeah, so and I've never had any objection to his effects, but I do think when he became a director, some of the... Some of the, I don't know, pace or energy was slightly lost. Right. Okay. I feel like I feel like, and I could be completely mistaken, but I feel like Greg Nicotero is very interested in just where can I fit in some special effects. Fair enough. Yeah, that may well be true. Yeah. Um, and that was always a big part of Walking Dead. Don't Tom Savini, that's him. Okay. Yeah. So Tom Savini did the effects for the original Romero movies, plus many, right. many other things. Right. And Greg Nicotero worked for his company. But, I mean, some of the effects have been absolutely beautiful and and amazing. And and actually, it's really worth watching the extras, not necessarily because the extras are particularly interesting, but because they make you realise that those are special effects and not just things that are actually happening on screen. Right. (laughs) And then, like, so there's a a wonderful bit where um, there's a zombie who's, like, half absorbed into the roots of a tree. and he's. I remember that. It was amazing, the effects, that. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful. And it passed me by when I watched the episode. I was just like, I was a zombie by a tree. And it was only when I watched the um, the the extras, I was like, okay, that's a really amazing piece of art that they've done. Yeah. No, it's stunning because there's a bird that's built a nest inside the zombie's head. <laughs> and it's just nesting there <laughs> because it's big, because it's, the tree has grown around the zombie. Mm-hmm. But it's still alive. It's still alive, in quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Still so, yeah, that's exciting. Dead. More Walking Dead, which we which we can then... Talk about in November slash December, probably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mm. think maybe it's time to talk about what's coming up next time. Yeah. So we don't normally do this because normally we wing it in terms we of have what's, no coming, idea up what's next. coming up next. Time. <clears throat> but we do have a guest coming up on the next pod. Yeah, a friend uh, of the show. A, a third, third time lucky guest, in fact. Is it? Is it? Fran Bontempo is coming back on the pod. To talk about now, I looked through my Twitter. And I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> quite gonna, find she's it. She's going to talk about cellular automata. That's the wrong. Yes, that's it. And she she was pinging me the other day saying, "Are these a bit like agent based simulations?" And I was like, "I think they're completely different. I don't know." <laughs> so we'll have to sort that out before before she comes on. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited about that. So that means yeah. I'll be hosting, and you'll be. I'll be um, doing looking stuff up on the internet to clarify yeah. stuff that Fran is saying. And cellu- and, I, I, yeah. won't, I won't do any spoilers of what cellular automata are. Cellular automata. Cellular automata. But they are like a little toy for people who want to play with artificial intelligence or artificial life systems. Okay. Or machine learning systems or something like that. There we go. They're like a thought experiment, maybe. Right. 
And also practical use <clears throat> sometimes. But there are examples of them in the natural world. Are there? Yes. So I, I looked up, looked it up on the internet, right. and I found that there are some um, types of uh, shellfish, not shellfish, sea life that has shells. What do you call those? Like mollusks. Crustaceans. Mollusks. Crustaceans, okay. yeah. No, that mollusks. Exhibit, no, crustaceans wrong, I think. That their shells exhibit a type of cellular automata. Oh, wow. Which is quite interesting. Wow. Okay, don't spoil yeah. it. Don't spoil it. No, I that won't. That is very exciting. Yeah, that is cool. So that's coming up next. That's coming up um, next time on yeah. The Good Robot Andes. But otherwise, uh, the movie we talked about tonight was called Sorry to Bother You, and it's a cracker. And we are sorry that we've bothered you. <laughs> no, we're not. No, because you asked <laughs> us to come into your lives and Sorry, not sorry. So, sorry, soz, not soz. Yeah, well, yeah, we're not sorry. You know, you're quite right, Andy. We're not sorry because um, if you didn't want to listen to this, then you don't download it. And if, <laughs> yes. if someone close to you is making you listen to it, then, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. No, no, indeed. We're not sorry. No, but we're glad you I'm a bit sorry. Andy's not sorry. I'm a bit sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and don't forget to watch us live on Twitch. Yeah, do that. Yeah, and do it. and appreciate the fact that I recently made all the effort of moving the archive of the live stream videos from one PeerTube instance to another because one PeerTube instance is shutting down, so I had to move it to another one. And you say we don't give you anything? Listen. <laughs> yeah, but we do, we do. Because we do. Yeah, we do. I think that's it. I think that's it. Thanks a lot for listening. Very nice to spend time with you, listener. Hope you are well. Yes, indeed. Keep well. See you soon. And goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.